Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with some local farmers and find out how the crops are coming along. Also, Western Canadian Wheat Growers President Gunter Johim will stop by. And up first in today's country comment, we'll get an update on the province's cereal crops. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute, and here's today's country comment. Joining us now is Mallory Lawarn, agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance, with an update on the province's cereal crops. So things are looking good. I would say um, most cereal fields are around the two to four leaf stage and um, pretty quickly approaching in-crop herbicide timing. Talk about soil moisture. You know, we had uh, that rain over the past week or so. Um, how's that situation? So um, that definitely helped. I think things are back to rapidly drying. I've actually heard a couple of reports in kind of the southeastern, south-central part of the province um, where some cereal fields had enough moisture for germination but not enough for emergence. So my advice in that situation is to dig up a few of those germinated seeds, place them in a wet paper towel, and assess the growing point. Um, if rain is in the forecast and new growth is observed, those fields should be okay. Any um, issues with the, the frost last week? Um, so thankfully, wheat and barley are fairly frost tolerant as the growing points underground until the stem elongation phase. So um, growers could be getting out and looking for frost damage right, right now, so three to four days after that frost event. Um, and those symptoms usually take between four and five days to fully appear. So farmers may see some leaf damage showing up as dark green water-soaked lesions, um, but they should notice new leaf growth after four to five days of, of warmer conditions. Winter wheat, how are things looking there? So winter wheat's progressing um, a little slower than normal just because of the cool, dry conditions we've seen lately. Um, I have heard a few reports of some rust developing down in the Kansas-Nebraska corridor. So my advice is that for winter wheat growers to get out and start looking for any development of rust diseases. Anything else to highlight on your part there? Or? I guess there's one more thing. Um, I just I have been seeing some color banding showing up in our cereal fields around the province. Um, so this is typically caused by chilly nights followed by warm, sunny mornings. And it's most common in fields that are either seeded relatively deep or in soils that are waterlogged or after a frost event. Luckily, um, this doesn't impact plant productivity and uh, the plants will make a will usually make a recovery from, from color banding. That was Mallory Lorne, an agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. That was today's country comment. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Seeding in Manitoba is at 96% complete. Manitoba Agriculture says damage from frost has been relatively limited considering the severity and duration of cold temperatures. Reseeding operations have started and nearly wrapped up for some alfalfa, canola, flax, and soybean crops. The northern part of the eastern region Stretching west around Winnipeg into the southern inner lake is the area most severely affected. Pasture and hayland has suffered disproportionately from frost and lack of rain. Regrowth is stunted and grazing land is expected to suffer further. Supplemental pasture feeding has started. The Manitoba 4-H Council is offering four scholarships with a total value of $42,500 towards continuing education. Don Krinka is executive director. 
Well, we're very excited to announce these four new scholarships. They're in, going to be awarded in honour of our four long-serving leaders. Very excited to get these out and excited to see what applications we'll get from our current members and alumni. The scholarships are available to current and former 4-H Manitoba members who are between 18 and 30 years of age as of December 31st and have been enrolled in the program for a minimum of five years. The application deadline is July 16th and the winners will be announced September 30th. The Manitoba government has set up a million-dollar endowment fund to support the leaders of tomorrow scholarships. The Manitoba Crop Alliance is providing an update on the province's cereal crops. Here's agronomist Mallory LaWarn. So things are looking good. I would say um, most cereal fields are around the two to four leaf stage and pretty quickly approaching in-crop herbicide timing. LaWarn says she's been seeing some color banding in cereals around the province. She notes the plants usually recover. And the University of Manitoba's Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences honored four alumni at a recent virtual celebration. The event, May 27th, celebrated the 2020 and 2021 recipients of the Certificate of Merit. The award is presented in recognition of leadership with agricultural organizations and outstanding service to the community at large. The previously announced 2020 recipients included Joanne Booth and Marcel Hako. The 2021 recipients of the Certificate of Merit are Robert Maitweyashing and Elaine Fraze. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, June 2nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers. The Western Canadian Wheat Growers are condemning Bill C-216, which seeks to remove supply management terms from the negotiation of future trade agreements. I caught up with President Gunter Johim. This bill, Bill C-216, is is basically a bill that would exclude any supply management uh, uh, agreements within Canada from being part of any trade negotiations around the globe with with all our trading partners. And so, so what that means is, if if other countries want to trade with us. On anything, not just even ag products. I mean, no sector is spared here. Uh, the other countries, uh, you know, whenever whenever they trade, um, everything is on the table, and the supply management sector here uh, is hoping through this uh, bill to be exempt from any world trade negotiations. That's that's the nutshell. Yeah, so I guess basically that would mean that um, there would be no concessions in, in those trade talks. Is that right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, other countries have tried that in the past, uh, something similar, not supply management, but they, they tried to exclude various uh, uh, commodities. And, and so even though they were at the trade table, it pretty much killed any kind of negotiation right off the get-go. And, and so uh, trading nations around the world realize pretty quick uh, that's not how we can get anywhere. So you, you, can't, you can't come to the table saying, okay, let's, uh, let's trade here, except, you know, 
some of our stuff here isn't isn't negotiable. Uh, that's not how it works. Pretty tough to do any kind of trade negotiating with, without everything on the table. That was Gunter Johim, president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers. Yesterday, Golden West Blaze Wozniak chatted with Clinton Monchuk, Executive Director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan, who talked about a new program that's meant to educate young students on where food comes from and how it's grown. Today, he gives us a deeper dive on the importance of spreading the message that Canadian farms have a high standard and that the food is raised ethically. What is the importance of residents and especially young students knowing where their food comes from and knowing that it's produced in a safe manner? Uh, it, it really is huge. Uh, I think uh, um, our children are inundated with different messages every day. And uh, I, I think it's great when, when children take an active learning with their food and, and trying to identify where it's coming from. Um, Every time we have these opportunities and these engagements that we see with students or consumers alike um, and, and have the, these discussions, or even back in the days when we could actually have farm tours uh, physically on farms, when you have that interaction and, and these individuals can see how that food is being produced and, and the care and the safety that goes into it, there's just an, a better appreciation. And I think back to, to the days when I was a kid and, and learning about different um, whether it's I grew up in the, in the town of Lanigan, seeing a, a mine firsthand or going to some of the different farms and getting that experience uh, was really second to none. It stays in your head for a long time and it, it provides you that, that sense of, of safety and, and uh, pride, I guess you can say, in what we're doing here in this province and, and uh, you know how we're not only feeding the residents here of, of Saskatchewan, but we're feeding uh, a good chunk of Canada and beyond every day. And, and it really is a great news story, and it's something that I think residents of this province can be very proud of. I know it's not very tough uh, online to find videos or news articles about some of the worst of the worst farms. And I think a lot of children, or I guess younger residents in general, can see some of those videos and assume that's what every farm is like, which is obviously not the case. Uh, Is it difficult to try and share the message that, you know, sure you may have seen this misinformation online, these worst of the worst examples, but know that farms in Saskatchewan you know, we're not like that. That is different. Uh, sure, those are there are those bad apples out there, uh, but that that's not what the general farm is like. Yeah, and and I think there are some some uh, bad actors in in agriculture, and it's a very limited uh, amount of the population now. Um, this is why I think it's kind of a little bit of a call to action for every farmer and rancher in this province. And and uh, if if I can kind of turn that around a little bit and say that um, having breakfast, this event, breakfast from the farm, um, gives farmers and ranchers a little bit more insight into maybe what they can do in the future and, and talk to their local schools and say, you know, when when 
you know, it's able and, and some of the restrictions are, are removed in the, the fall time to actually have some of the local community groups or, or school classes come out to your farm and see what you're actually doing on the farm. Um, I, I find any time you have that interaction with somebody and, and you you have consumers speaking to actual farmers or ranchers, that perception changes. And I'll give you an example of that. I, I've had uh, numerous consumers at different events come up to me and say, you know, I'm, I'm never going to buy a certain product because I saw a negative video about it online. And then I've had the conversation and actually brought, uh, brought up on my phone live feeds of our uh, our a chicken barn in Lanigan and showed them exactly uh, how the birds are being cared for and it's changed their perspective about uh, chicken production or, or egg production. And I think those are those opportunities that we need or talking about what grain farmers are doing, the ways that we're trying to be more environmentally friendly by direct seeding and, and having all these different technologies that reduces our amount of, of fertilizer or pesticide use. And, and these are the conversations that are sometimes tough to have uh, online, but in person, they come out naturally for a lot of farmers and ranchers. And, and I think that's where we need to get to a, as a, a farming community and, and a learning community really in general here in this province, is to have more of those interactions to make sure that knowledge is being built by those who are actually seeking out information about how food is being grown. That was Clinton Monchuk, Executive Director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan, chatting with Golden West, Blaise Wozniak. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Blaze Wozniak, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Stanley Egg Society is hosting its AGM virtually tonight, starting at 7 p.m. You can send an email to jndick at gmail.com. Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com and Egg in Motion invites you to join an online session entitled Getting On With Growing Vigilance in Crop Care, June 23rd at 9 a.m., Registration details on the Egg in Motion website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, seeding is nearing completion here in southern Manitoba. Earlier this morning, I chatted with Isaac Fraze, who farms in the Plum Coulee area. We finished our seeding back about uh, three weeks ago almost now. We finished our soybeans, and so we've been sitting uh, back and waiting to do some spraying, picked up our chemical, and just sitting back a bit for now. Probably we start this week yet on cereals. This is uh, broadleaf and some of the grasses inside the cereals. Get that going and uh, maybe take a look at our canola. See once if uh, it was time to uh, get in there before they start cabbaging out a bit. Let's see if that's where the timing is for that. What about um, insects, uh, flea beetles, anything like that? Or? We've seen a little bit of queuing on some of our canola, very, very minimal at this point. But then our canola isn't very tall yet in a lot of places. That uh, Emergence has been slow because of the cool and because of the lack of moisture. So uh, at this point, very, very minimal. Yeah, and I guess uh, just talk a little bit more about how the how the crops are coming along. Our cereals are actually looking quite good. Our wheat is looking nice. We're not unhappy with that at all. Uh, we have some decent canola fields. Uh, we have some that uh, where the seed mainly went into dry ground, and our first rain we thought had been enough to uh, 
make the top and bottom moisture come together, but it seems that in some spots it's just not quite there yet. After this, uh, these warmer days now, we're hoping that uh, we'll be seeing more emergence, but uh, remains to be seen. Any issues with the, with the frost last week? or No, on our farm, we went around and looked everywhere. We really saw... We saw more damage in our in our yard than we did on the field. I think the warm grounds kept it away. Our canola at the time was still kind of in between the ridges of the cedar, and so we uh, saw pretty well zero damage on our canola. And our wheat, yeah, it was a little bit. Uh, it looked like it was staying back a bit. Outside of that, no, no, no real, no real problems. And um, yeah, I guess talk a little bit more about the heat here this week, and you know what that's going to mean, and um, you know if you guys could uh, use another good shot of rain there. Well, rain, yeah, that would be at a premium right now. We would love to have a good shot of rain. We only got rough eight to nine tenths out of that previous week where we had two to three days of some showers. And um, having more now would be huge. Uh, it's a bit scary with the heat coming on because most of the crops aren't rooted well enough to, to take this too much longer. And so um, that, yeah, water would be, would be huge. And the heat is a little bit scary right now. They're, they're talking six, seven days of it. Other farms in that area, everybody's pretty much wrapped up seeding? or The guys with the edible beans, everybody is completely done. Uh, I see no, no more seeders going by at all. When we drive around at our fields, uh, there's no seeders going anywhere. And so I'm assuming that in our, our particular area, it's pretty well totally wrapped up, yeah. That was Plum Cooley area farmer Isaac Fraze. Golden West reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Verdon area farmer Darren Chapman earlier this week. We are just just wrapping up seeding canola here today, and then uh, got a little bit of frost damage. We got to decide whether we're going to uh, go over it yet or not, and then uh, starting herbicide spraying uh, the peas and barley today. How is emergence looking at this point? How are things out there right now? Been pretty good. We had uh, most of the ground had a shot of rain there, and just shortly after we got started seeding early May, and then uh, the May long weekend there, we had uh, three quarters of an inch of rain. So it was uh, it was a nice, good start. Just a little cooler. It's really slowed down the, the corn, especially. It's been slow getting out of the ground. But uh, emergence otherwise, uh, maybe some of the canola, you were going a little deeper than you should have been. It was taking a little while to get out of the ground, too. And with the daytime highs uh, into the low to mid-30s at different points this week, uh, what's that do to the moisture situation? How much pressure does that put on the crops, or is that not a bad thing right now? Everything hasn't canopied over yet, so it's going to be sucking some moisture out of the ground for sure with hot and it's supposed to be windy by the end of the week so uh not good might brew up a thunderstorm or something but we're uh would prefer the wind stay away that's for sure and how's it looking for uh weeds and insects at this point we haven't uh seen too much for flea beetles yet uh, i guess the neighbor's been seeing some uh dampening off on some of his canola as long as well as uh with the frost damage but uh Otherwise, I think we've, uh, at the moment anyways, it hasn't been too bad. That was Darren Chapman, a farmer in the Verdon area. He was chatting with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment.
Time now for another look at today's farm news. Current and former Manitoba 4-H members are eligible to apply for one of four Leaders of Tomorrow scholarships. The scholarships, which total $42,500, will be awarded in honour of four long-serving leaders. To explain more, here's Executive Director Don Krinka. They're four of our longest-serving leaders, Florette Gynart unfortunately passed away earlier this year, but we're very happy to award that in honour um, and her family have been advised. The other three leaders are 47 years for Rona Camfoli, 45 years for Rose Taylor and 44 years for Margaret Bidens. They've been staunch supporters of 4-H for a lot of years. The scholarships are available to current and former 4-H Manitoba members who are between 18 and 30 years of age as of December 31st and have been enrolled in the program for a minimum of five years. The application deadline is July 16th, and the winners will be announced at the end of September. The Manitoba government has set up a million-dollar endowment fund to support the Leaders of Tomorrow scholarships. The Manitoba Crop Alliance is providing an update on the province's winter wheat crop. Here's agronomist Mallory LaWarne. Winter wheat's progressing um, a little slower than normal just because of the cool, dry conditions we've seen lately. I've heard a few reports of some rust developing down in the Kansas-Nebraska corridor. My advice is that for winter wheat growers to get out and start looking for any development of rust diseases. And Canadian farmers set a record recycling rate for egg plastic jugs in 2020 with 76% return compared to 71% in 2019. The recycling rate measures the percentage of containers collected for recycling compared to the number of containers sold into the market in that year. In total, farmers return more than 5.5 million pesticide and fertilizer jugs, 23 liters and smaller in 2020. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll chat with the Executive Director with the Manitoba 4-H Council. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.